And we're back on the fourth episode of We Making It Time. Okay, so I have a very special guest, as I do every week. Special guest, can you say your name? Hi, my name is Adrian Ansley. Adrian Ansley, whoop whoop! Welcome to We Making It, the podcast. Yay! So for everybody that doesn't know, I met Adrian back in the summer of 2013. I can't remember. It could have told no. You know what it was? It actually was not 13. It was 14. Because 13, I turned to 19. And then 14, I turned 20. Mm, and mm-hmm, I was actually mm-hmm, 20. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. We met at the American Desk Festival. Amazing. If you have had a chance to listen to episode three, Kendra Poitier is on episode three. So check it out. But she talks heavily about her experience at ADF. But Adrian and I stumbled upon each other, I do believe, in a Jerry Houlihan class. She did. If you don't know what a Jerry Houlihan class is, uh, talk to your friends and your (laughs) friends' friends. And also just, like, reach out to Jerry because she's great. Jerry, if you're listening to this podcast, you are adored (laughs) by me and so many of the other Jerry's are your followers. Okay, so if you want to be a part of the conversation, always remember you can email me at Katie, that's K-A-D-I-E, smiles, because yes, my smile is cute. It's not vanity, it's a fact. And .nyc, because you know that's where we at. Uh, What am I reading? So every week I try to tell you what I'm reading and what I'm doing. Right now, I have finished Come As You Are. If you follow me on Instagram, you saw that I posted so heavily about this book. Mm. Yo, if you do not have Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski. Emily, please listen to this podcast. It's, you're great. She's calling you out. <laughs> follow me now. Yes. Emily, please, please, please. That book was just so timely and so perfect. Um, if you're looking for a book that is about sexual health and sexual wellness from a feminine pers- from a female perspective that um is also a very like self-help self-wellness type of thing it's super tangible super relatable she tells a lot of different stories from a lot of different women uh you should totally check it out so i have finished that book yeah. and now i am about halfway through with homie don't play that so unbeknownst to me i actually thought it was by i thought it was by keenan but it's not by keenan i'm stumbling on the other and i'm not going to get my backpack but <laughs> Homie Don't Play That, if you Google it, it is the story of In Living Color. Mm. And I thought that it was just going to start with, like, um, how the show started. Yeah. But it actually goes all the way back to when Keenan was a kid. Oh. It gives really, really great insight on, like, Richard Pryor mm-hmm. and his rise to fame. It also gives really great insights about Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. Uh, those of you who don't know, I'm a bit young, so I got met Eddie Murphy when Nutty Professor came out. Yeah, for sure. So I didn't do the whole like Boomerang and like Beverly Hills Cop mm-hmm. and all the and like the mm-hmm. Vampire movie did with Angela Bassett. I was all that was before your time. Yeah, and then also too, I didn't know that he started out as stand up. Mm, you didn't? No, mm. and he like y'all. There's this one bit. <laughs> about this one joke that I'm not going to talk about too detailed, but it's a really controversial, like obviously it would be super controversial now, and it was hella controversial back then, and he did it on stage. So all that to say, um, we always talk, the whole purpose of the podcast is like, we making it, uh, Mm -hmm. I think I maintain a really healthy level of mental sanity when I read. And so I am reading. So, yes, right now I'm reading Homie Don't Play That. The next book that's on my list 
is, I think, Stay With Me. It's a fiction book. Those who don't know me, I'm actually, I like fiction, but I, I tend to lean more towards memoirs. So, like, mm, okay. after that, I think I'm actually going to get the Michelle Obama book. No, I haven't gotten I'm about it yet. To tell you that. That's what I'm about I already to know. Ugh, I'm trying, I needed everybody to do their thing. Then I'm yeah. going to read it, and then we're going to try to talk about it. <laughs> so, if you have any books to recommend, but also you just want to be part of the conversation, you know where to reach me. Also, shout out to Mike Brunn and Kuhu Verma. That are, those are the people that are on the intro soundtrack mm. Kahu is on vocals like and Mike that. Brunn is on composing composition all that I my shoulders near there. yes That's shout cute. out to them we always appreciate them for that track mm. so without further ado hi Adrian. hi how are you I'm pretty good. pretty good so what are you making so um I am collaborating with my good friend Thomas Tigermore shout out to you Thomas He's literally like my other half is crazy. <laughs> we'll talk about our relationship in a little minute. But um, we are working on this project talking about what is love and what is love not. We were both in a similar space of relationship-wise and trying to understand what it, this love is in our 20s. And right. how we had so many, I don't want to say unsuccessful relationships, but these relationships that didn't meet the mark. And we we're trying right. to find, figure out why it didn't meet the mark. Right. And, you know, we had to go back, ask ourselves questions and how we first identified love. Right. Going all the way back to your childhood memories yeah. and going through your past to your present. Right. And what you think your future could be. Right. So we're just asking the question, what is love? And okay. do we even believe in love right now? Right. Do you think there are multiple loves out there? Yeah. So, yeah. What What was the impetus to kind of say, okay, we need to, well, first off, what got you to thinking, were you guys, had you guys been in long conversation about this? Was there like a specific relationship or time of year that kind of just like sparked all of this yeah so for me personally it started in 2018 I was in a relationship um and I realized this relationship was consuming me 2018 was really like a struggle trying to find yourself with dance and love and how dance is your first love but how can you have this other strong dangerous love competing with this love of dance and we would just talk about how I was feeling during this relationship. And he would talk about how he was feeling with his relationship, how we kind of had a similar uh, issues with these relationships, right. how dance was the forerunner, and right. how we wanted the, our partners to understand that, but also come along with the ride because the ride is so intense, as right. you know. Right, right, it, right. It goes up and it goes down, and you probably you need that person to be stable. So, right, that's how it all started. And now we're both in the place of being focused people, not single. We're calling it focus, um, <laughs> and kind of like going through what it, it's like to be single, and then reflect on how it wasn't when we weren't single. Okay. And, and so, yeah. so then, so for those of you who don't know, and also I'm assuming, this mm -hmm. piece is a performative movement-based piece. Mm -hmm. Does it have any other disciplines? Like, do you do you have any, like, text? Do you have any song? Yeah, do you have any, like, is, installation? It's like all of the above. <laughs> um, <laughs> because um, Thomas and I, we have a very similar personalities. We're very out there, flamboyant. We are just... 
we're warm, we want you to come into our world. Right. So that's what this piece is. It's us just having text, having all the different love songs involved, having having props to like mirrors to to a mini light show. Like it's all there because that's how we we are as people. Okay. And I think that would draw you in more in an authentic way. Yes, because that's actually what I was gonna that's my actual question. Mm-hmm. Um what made these mediums the best way to talk about to have this conversation? I think when you place like this subject on on a stage or a room of what sorts, you we want it to be ourselves, which we knew is a lot. Right. And so instead of winding it down right. and um, making it palatable to everybody else, right. we were like, let's not do that. Let's just be true to ourselves right. and go through this performance. So I believe this, how we're doing it through this medium, is the correct way because mm. we're not going to shy away from just doing a combination and then <laughs> – uh, like a center light in the corner or something. I don't know. We wanted to be ourselves, and we knew mm-hmm. who we were. So mm-hmm. we, we're out there, and we're a lot, and that's how we're going to show you guys how it's going to be. But do you feel like, so for example, do you feel like taking away the light or um, adding uh, way more movement mm. would have made would have made it easier or less easy to talk to. I guess what I'm getting at is the mediums that you chose be them text mm-hmm. and movement mm-hmm. and light shows. Why, what about those mediums made you feel like this is going to make people access us in the way that we want to be accessed? Mm. I feel that doing... If, if I decided just to move, right. you only get that one side of my love. Okay. If I decided just to speak, same thing. You only get that one side of this topic of love. So if we are going to show you through these different mediums or being comedic to being silent to just moving, we need it all there so you can understand all of mm. our sides of love right. through vocal, visual, all of it. Yeah. Because, like I said, love has so many different shades, so many different forms, so many different taste sounds. Like, love is so much. Right. So, me just giving you one side, that would be an injustice to the audience. Right. I feel like that's a cop-out. Because I'm already a mover. Right. What can I give you more so you can really understand me instead of the dancer on stage? Right. And also, that just made me think about how many pieces I've seen that aren't Mm -hmm. multidisciplinary. Uh, And it also makes me think about, I think at this point, there's just so many performances that are multidisciplinary. Mm -hmm. And so I think that speaks to an interesting perspective on how using multiple mediums allows you to access and be accessed in ways Mm -hmm. that seem authentic to maybe the experience you're getting at. Um, I can just think of so many choreographers that only I wouldn't even say primarily only use movement mm-hmm. uh and just what that does in terms of access yeah so we got the piece we got the mediums mm-hmm. the first thing that I thought about was like oh shit like this is a bit vulnerable like this is, <laughs> I mean, is it? we're coming up on February you guys oh no 
Um, yeah, it is very vulnerable. I mean, talking about your past relationships, like, that's something that no one really wants to talk about, why it didn't work out. Right. And you don't talk to a lot of people about these things except for your closest friends. Like, right. why didn't it work out? Right. So being able to just place yourself on stage and tell a group of people that you have n- no idea no idea hmm. about what you went through but mm-hmm. you're going to give them a as much as you can as, as much as they can receive right and also as much as you have the capacity yeah. to yeah and i mean like thomas and i have talked about like every time we're in rehearsal or in a session a meeting some one of us is kind of crying, basically me, um, just because it is a, it's therapeutic, right? Super cathartic. Yeah, and and to be able to access that vulnerability is what is what we want the audience to see, right? Because we really want to break it down and just it's like a conversation we're having now, right? About what is love, and, right? And how it affects us, right? So. And also how it affects us as dancers, which I do want to kind of segue to but before I do that Mm -hmm. what first off what were some fears Mm -hmm. because um, because this is not actually a question I usually ask Mm -hmm. but I should totally remember this question but for this particular space what were some fears that came up in being this vulnerable and then how did you two work together to kind of curb those fears to make sure they were within the they were within the Mm -hmm. bandwidth that you could hold uh, my fear is not being honest to myself. Okay. And um, because I love to be comfortable. I love to have being in a space that I feel that I can, uh, I don't want to say stagnant, but it just feels good. And I know that I will be safe. Okay. And I don't want to do that anymore, to be safe and to... And to not push myself or challenge myself. So that was my fear of of just trying to save myself, like I always do, trying to save myself from the pain or the memories or all of all of this that and the third. But just to be honest, be right. very honest with myself. Because we have this mechanism where we don't want to face our fears or we don't want to don't want our brain or our bodies to feel that experience again. Right, Because right. we couldn't handle it. And so we already try to find something to make us immediately happy. Right. And my question is, why can't we just sit in that for a moment mm-hmm. to actually reflect on that? Because if we try to hop out of it, we're not going to learn how to cope with how it. How to cope with it. Right. And so that was my biggest fear of just copping out so quickly in this journey and this experience. Because right. it, that... I will be doing myself a disservice. Right. And so, and that will be a disservice to the viewers as well. But then how did you, or I guess what, what strategies did you kind of put into the pro- into the practice that made Being sure that. Being Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Being, um, it's, so we'll talk about Shout out to Thomas. Thomas, my baby. Um, Thomas has a great way of, supporting you in yeah. in a way that you don't know he's doing it he he's able for for example he we, he took me on an experience of this improvisation and I would have to follow along and the idea of having someone 
to carry you through their solo practice and their experience was such a beautiful thing because you don't really get that from a choreographer or a person you're working with to actually kind of be in their body at the same time. It's, right. it's so hard to get there. Right, right. And so we actually accomplished that. And from that moment on, I knew how caring and understanding and how open Thomas was. So him being available to hear me out, to to see where I'm about to like have my cop outs and, and um, go back to my safety mechanisms, he mm-hmm. uh, he kind of pushed me away from that and asked me the questions that I need to be asked. So he was the friend to care for you, however, to be honest with you at the same time. Right. Asking those questions that won't push you back, but to push you forward. Right. And that's how we made this safety net for each other. And yeah. it, and somehow that brought out the same thing out of me for him. Yeah, I was going to ask the same thing, yeah. To being open, to being available, to have these conversations and not shy away. Because I felt like sometimes my voice shouldn't be heard because I'm, I can be very meek and I can criticize myself a lot. And to be able to place my thoughts with him and how he took it and how it affected him, I felt like, you know what, I do have something to say for him and it affects him in a way that can help him in his life somehow. So. Right, right. And so that brought up two things for me. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, so if you haven't, so guys, if you haven't heard the episode one with Jay Bowie, shout out to Jay. Hi, Jay. Yes, Jay <laughs> um, he too, well, I think, no, that's they. Sorry, sorry, Jay. They too, um, described society at large as a pain-numbing society. Mm -hmm. And if you read Come As You Are, which you totally should, (laughs) she often talks about, um, like, one of the reasons why you can't maybe have the sexual experience, and this is, she's coming from a sex perspective, but I'm going to use it to segue into this. Mm -hmm. The reason why you can't have maybe the orgasm that you want or just experience pleasure the way that you want is because you aren't allowing certain emotions to um, kind of flow a bit. Mm -hmm. She describes emotions as a tunnel, Mm -hmm. and you have to go through it. Mm -hmm. And what I did love about this perspective, but also what I think is coming up as you're talking, is if you don't go through the tunnel, you're basically putting this energy or this emotion in a box. And you're putting that box in a spot and saying, hey, I'm going to come back to you later. Mm -hmm. Great, because I do think that, like, there's a time and a space for maybe feeling certain things. Mm -hmm. But what she said was the problem is oftentimes the boxes just start to be stacked up on top of each other. And if you listen to episode two, we touched on this with Rebecca Fitton and what it does, how that kind of can happen with, like, a landfill. Yeah. Because you're just steady building and building and building and building without ever maybe, like, getting rid of. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, that just brought that up for me, like, why why number one obviously pain numbing is super easy mm-hmm. but um where is the space to go through those things mm-hmm. um and why is it that we what is it or why is it that we can't find the strength to maybe endure a little bit more pain mm-hmm. um yeah what are your thoughts on that My thoughts on that is, uh, I think 
we don't want people here on our chest. This is this is like I'm I'm putting my hands on my chest because when our emotions are here on our chest, it is so hard to bear. Right. And so we stack them up because we don't have time to have that 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 massive bearing on our chest. Right. And so we put it on our backs, for example. Right. And just because our backs are a little bit stronger. It, right. We, when you look at someone's back, you see all the curves and all the muscles come out of anyone's back. Right. It can hold things. Yeah. So we place it back there. Right. But if you place it up here, our heart, we just feel because our heart is in the center, it's in the front of our body. Yeah, it's a bon- very vulnerable, a vulnerable organ. So I think we just don't want to feel that all the time. Right. Because then, and also, I too, like to piggyback on that, there's a lot of stigma about people who wear their heart on their sleeve. Yeah. And you're, you're not you're not tough enough. And Kendra, too, talked about that in the last mm-hmm. episode. Like, uh, she said, no, I'm, I'm not sensitive. I, I just, I, I'm feeling and I'm oh. aware. Oh, I, I, <laughs> because I am, I'm, I can get sensitive, too, sometimes. And I do. do. I wear my heart on my sleeve. Like, I believe in <laughs> love like you can walk down the sidewalk and you'll bump into someone and like oh my god fireworks and that stupid love song will come on yes um yes <laughs> yes but, but it is it's not i i agree with her it's that we feel i constantly feel me too but sometimes our problem is that we don't we don't tell people that we're feeling right 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 and I feel like if we can be able to vocalize how we're feeling, especially if a group of that support you. Right. Um, if I can't tell them how I'm feeling, that's going to be destructive to my own self. Right. Specifically, and I think this is super important. Um, this, I think this is super important for a lot of different reasons. Mm-hmm. But what what's coming, what has come up for me in the past is if I can't tell you how I'm feeling for better or for worse, we're probably not going to get along. Mm-hmm. Because that means, because what I, what I find is everybody's cool mm. and um, amicable when all of the feelings towards that person are amicable. Yeah. But there's no, whether it be work, whether mm-hmm. it be home, familial, intimate, there is no relationship where all feelings are going to be amicable all the time. Yeah. So that if we cannot, if we can only talk about things that are, amicable you're only getting one side of me and what i love um shout out to shameless maya if you don't know who shameless maya is look her up she's, she's pretty famous <laughs> um she recently did a like 2008 she's a youtuber mm-hmm. uh but now she's more like an influencer of sorts yeah, but she talked about in t- the 2018 she wanted to be open to love mm-hmm. but in being open to love that meant being open to failure being yeah. open um, like open to rejection, being open to almost like getting your feelings hurt. Yeah. Um, and I think it's so interesting as dancers, we're actually, I mean, I think we're great at rejection. <laughs> like we literally. <laughs> Number 10, you're out. <laughs> I literally remember going to ADF in 2014 mm-hmm. and literally that they process. tell the like amazing story of Leah Cox. She goes, so if you don't know the amazing story, this is what they tell you. This is they told us. <laughs> Leah did not get any auditions at ADF. Mm-mm. And y'all, if you've never been to ADF, I think I did a total of like 10 auditions total. I got none. But the like the the triumph in that yeah. story was that Leah leaves ADF, auditions for Bill T. Jones. Listen, folks, listen. 
and then makes it. So in some ways, I think dancers, I think in so many ways, have been sold this story that every no mm-hmm. is like getting you closer to the yes. yes. So we've almost like tricked ourselves that like if I could just get a couple more no's. <laughs> if I get a couple more rejections. I'll be a-okay because the yes is right around the corner. But then, so what happens to maybe that finesse or that resiliency when it comes to, and also, too, it it becomes a bit more difficult. I think dance, you you and dance, for better or worse, have decided this is your moral agreement. Yeah. Uh, And and please talk to me about maybe with an intimate partner or a workplace or um, a familial bond it's maybe difficult to create that same type of moral agreement Mm. if you're not it's easier for dancers to do that together because it's a it's it's a moral agreement that you've already made but with like a family member for example that has that doesn't have that moral agreement Mm -hmm. any others in any other way maybe that's what it is like because they haven't been able to make that moral agreement yeah Um, you can't make it in that space I um, dance. I totally agree with you because it was like you already kind of written it down with you and dance. You dance was right there, and that you guys wrote it all down. And this is what's gonna come. I think you don't know what's coming. You don't. You don't know when with a partner, for example. I don't know what's coming. Right. I can't agree with dance. Like I'm probably gonna get a yes, and I'm probably gonna get a no. But if I work for it a little bit. It, it something will come to light of it. Right. When you're in a relationship, it is you're starting from fresh. Yeah. You're starting from something new, and this is a different body, a different mind that you're trying to have somewhat of the same wavelength somehow. Right. Right. And to be able to have those conversations without offending them or without them running away that's when the fear creeps in and that's when you can't be able to have those open conversations right because somebody has to decide someone has decided their capacity is just not there it's not available which is another thing that thomas and i have been working on in this project is the capacity if this person is capable of holding your love and sometimes what you're bringing on the table is not for them and how we not get offended by that, that it's, right. it's not for them. Right. Or what they're putting on the table is not for you. And right. can you have that conversation right. and say, like, you know what? I think you're a great person, but what you're putting on the table is not what I need right now. Right. And when we heard that from this, um, his name is Ty Tribbett, and he's a pastor. Yeah, he's saying the song, I got the victory, the victory. Um, he, he mentioned this in one of his videos about maybe they're just not capable of it at this time or what you're putting out there is not what they need. So your self-worth and your relationship worth or your work worth, don't get them all mixed up and confused. And as us as human beings, we are so easily to mix the two. Our self-worth, our relationship worth, all these different things. If you can't work on yourself first, how is this relationship going to last? Right. And when I realized that, I literally went through like a flip page, all my relationships, you know, when I was like, I literally put my self-worth onto this relationship. Right. And, and that, that if it didn't work, maybe you weren't I worth. Wa- I wasn't worth it. 
And also, in hindsight, when I brought someone else in my last relationship, I was trying to make him into something, trying to make him into this person I wanted him to be because I thought he was able. But at that point in time, that was too much for him. Right, right. You know? And it's just interesting, like, if we can't able to have this conversation about how I'm feeling, what's inside of me, and how I can direct that towards you right. in a in a way that's we're not healthy, healthy, right? Then I feel that that's why a lot of people can't have these conversations right. in the workplace or be right. able to be like this. Are my feelings? Right. It has nothing to do with your worth or yourself, right? But it's about what's happening here, right? Right. Now. And I think this speaks to a larger thing. Uh, shout out to also Hey Friend Hey. I'm just shouting out all the people that I like admire and also follow. But she had an interview with Cheska Lee mm-hmm. and. Her husband, whose name is escaping me, but it's on last name basis. Needless to say, Fran talked about this thing called radical honesty, which mm-hmm. I'm sure somebody out there, y'all have heard about this. But it really, and I want to cur- I want to round this out a bit, because though this is a problem that I think can hit a little bit home more mm-hmm. so with the intimate partner, I really think that this comes up in a lot of relationships, be they work. And let me maybe give some examples. So for example, um, maybe you feel like, you have a great job, mm-hmm. but, and also, let me go ahead and take this a little bit further home. I'm going to maybe be a little bit more vulnerable. So as a dancer, I've always been really concerned about my financial stability. Yep, as we all. Mm-hmm. But as I get older, I'm really concerned about my ability to create my own stuff. Mm-hmm. And so what, thinking about what you just said there are great jobs out there um be they because i've had a slew of them Mm -hmm. they could pay great money Mm -hmm. they could just offer me a lot of things but the reality is they could be great and not supporting what i'm trying to do which is create Mm -hmm. and it sucks right because um over time for example like that job may have been great in when i first moved to the city But it maybe have not. It's not great right now because I'm in year two. I'm doing different things, yeah. and I think the ability to have conversations about a it's not working. B how can it work? And C maybe the two of you kind of have to break up. Like yeah. it's just break up with your job. <laughs> you may have to break up with that job. But Lida Whitfield, shout out to Lida. Uh, hope you're listening. Uh, she said that like we as a people are really really bad at beginnings. Mm-hmm. Really, really, really bad at endings. Mm-hmm. And I, ever since she said that um, at Bates, I've been really, like, trying to be critical about how I lead because yeah. I am one of those people. When you rub me the wrong way mm-hmm. or, similar to what you said, if I don't feel like I have the capacity to share that I'm uncomfortable with you yeah. without things going beyond what I can control, mm-hmm. I will just shut off. Yeah, I'll say, like, hey, this isn't for me, and I have to bounce. Yeah. That's really unprofessional. I get that. But that's the reason why I do it because you've shown me that you're like, you've shown me in your actions that you don't know how to process it. So rather than me have to figure out how to help you process, I just won't. Mm -hmm. But I, like I said, I see that that's unprofessional. And so that for me is then maybe being the bit more vulnerable person to say like, Hey, I'm leaving because as of yet, I don't feel like I have the capacity to do what I need and meet the expectations that yeah. you are asking of me. And I and I and I say that because I feel like um when you guys find out what's the plan for February episodes okay. with Child and Towns really soon. <laughs> I think it could be so irritated with me because it's on relationships. 
but I want to be clear that they they this this notion of not being able to have space to say how you feel when it's not good is important in a lot of conversations. Mm-hmm. Be with your parents, be with your job, be yeah. with yourself. Because one of the things I love about Come As You Are is she says a lot of times you're upset that you're upset. Yep. <laughs> and if you would just like be okay with being upset. <laughs> It's probably not going to last that long. It won't last because, you know, we would be holding this grudge for like three weeks. And but you- you're holding, she's literally talking about you holding a grudge with yourself. So in yeah. this particular book, she talks about like the woman is upset that she's upset about not having sex. So mm-hmm. she didn't, she was just, she just wasn't in the mood to have sex with a partner. But she was disappointed because she was like, here I am in this beautiful, loving marriage. We have a beautiful kid together and I can't get myself to want to have sex with him. Mm-hmm. And she's, and in the book she says, Actually, what's wrong is not what you feel. It's how you feel about how you feel. Exactly. But if you could allow yourself to say, like, I really, for example, don't feel like I have the space to talk to you about things that aren't great. Damn. Well, then that's just where you're at for today. And also, I think if you could, like, if we could just put how we feel about how we feel on the back burner, it also feels like we can get to a place where we can actually talk about coping strategies or strategies to even work through it. Like, allow yourself to actually go through the tunnel mm-hmm. rather than just being so upset that you're in the damn tunnel in the first yeah. place. That I just be, <laughs> I feel like now, because I'm older and then my late 20s now, <laughs> um, if you talk to 21 year old Adrian, she wouldn't be here telling you <laughs> this right now. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the same thing now with my relationship with my parents. I'm able to have these conversations, literally calling my mom at 11. I am feeling the feels right now, Mom. She goes, I'm here. Same thing with my friends. It, it It's weird how you look about yourself in the past and yes. see, like, girl, if you were just open right. and you expressed yourself, even through dance, if you decided to place yourself in the front like all those teachers told you to, maybe something could have come out of it. But, you know, we live and we learn. But right. at the end of the day... We all need to vocalize. Right. Especially if this relationship is serious to you. Right. And this person, you feel like this, this can go somewhere. Right. This is just not a fling for the winter time. This you know, because it's cuffing season. I know, right? It's we cold was, out we, here. We was trying to get the <laughs> snuggle buddy status. Um, but you just, you need to have these conversations because yeah. you'll you'll lose out. Because you didn't vocalize. And that is more than just relationships. It is with, like you said, your workplace, your family, your friends. Like, you just have to have this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And back to Thomas, love having those conversations with you, Holmes. (laughs) And we miss you, Thomas. Um, Okay, so I had to write some things down. Um, And I really, and this this was a question, this is something that has come up for me before. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to talk about this. Earlier you mentioned that it's difficult to get a choreographer or, um, like, lead collaborator even to be in their body and in their uh, practice and then be with you in yours at the same time. Why do you think that's hard? It's literally (laughs) don't be selfish. You know, it it, it is to the point, like, you literally need to stop worrying about how you look how is it going to make you feel, whatever. If you let go all of the self in your mind and be open to 
the process honestly to be open, then you're able to step into this this practice that they're doing. Right. And it's hard because even I also work with the Red Project NYC with Johnny Cruz Mercer. And Shout out to you, Johnny. Hey. hey. Um, and I found it so difficult in the beginning to to drop into this place because, honestly, he was hitting on some topics that I wasn't ready to talk about. Right. Or for movement, this movement aesthetic that I wasn't ready to receive because right. it was a lot. Right. And the thing is, it was myself putting the hold on it. And if I couldn't let go of, like, I don't think I'm going to look good doing this. Or right. I don't think I can be able to move this fast. Or, it's, it's just not going to work for me. Mm. All those things are running through my head until I got to the point of when he says, he always says, do less, do less, do less, and find your inner groove. That's when I let go all of the self ideals that I had about myself right. and let it all go. Right. And that's when for anyone who is trying to be in someone's choreography or their practice or whatever, you really honestly have to let go of yourself because at that point in time, you can't understand who they are as a person or as a mover if you're placing yourself onto their stuff. Right. You have to be available to let that in. And when you let it in, you have a conversation with it. Again, having that conversation. Okay, right. I know that He's doing this movement in a certain way. Mm -hmm. How can I, I make it Adrianized? How do I make it myself yeah, again? Yeah. Without feeling like when you add yourself onto it, it becomes it, less. Yeah. Or it becomes worse. Yeah. That you knowing that you're gonna be in it, it makes it better. Mm -hmm. It make it adds. It adds. It's not it, at the end of the day, it's not what makes it better or make it worse. What can you add to the pot right now? Right. And season? obviously because you've been chosen, there is something that you can add to the pot. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think you've already talked about this, but I definitely just wanted to like yeah. re-ask the question. <laughs> what have been what have been some tidbits that you've gained from this process? I hmm, I've learned to accept myself as a lover, as a dancer, as a believer, um Right now, I've been using the four word, these three words is focus, faith, and family. Mm -hmm. And focus of what I came here to do. Mm -hmm. Faith and whatever faith you believe in. What is your daily practice? If you wake up and you read every day, that is your religion and that is your faith. That's your practice. Right. That's for you. Right. And that's what I do. I go to church. I, I pray. I do what I, I journal. I do what I need to do because that's my faith. Right. And then family. And that that's not just blood. It yeah. is your friends here because I have a second family in New York. And my yeah. original one's in Florida, but what is here is my family here. Right. Well without all those three together, I wouldn't be able to make it here. Right. And um I would say I just recently learned this. Yeah. I recently literally after this intense breakup I have learned a lot about myself. Yeah. I learned a lot about myself as a partner. I've learned like what I want in a partner, yeah. what I want in life. Yeah. It's you know, like I said, 2018 was the year of reflection and yeah. the year of experiences. Yeah. And I too. You know, <laughs> not I, in the same way, but, but you, you know, but it's an air. I don't you know how they have their New Year's resolutions and they're like, oh, this and this. I don't have one, but I only thing I have is the, 
my intention is purpose. Yeah. And to to go in every single room or every time I'm meeting you, this is this is purposeful. Yeah. There is a reason for it, and it, and it's gonna help us in some way. Yes. Every time I walk out the side of my house. I'm blessed because there's a purpose while I'm walking today. Maybe yeah. it's not dancing, but it's a purpose of taking care of someone's child. And that, that has some growth in that, too. Yeah. So it's just reflecting on everything is meant to be. Yes. And there is a purpose for it. Right. So don't don't try to fix or don't try to find and don't try to mend something. Yeah. You just need to be in it. Right. And live in it. Right. And let whatever it needs to be, let it come to you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, with, yes. So, how did you guys actually make this happen? Because I know both of you are working artists. So, did you like apply for residencies? Did you uh, did you do a GoFundMe? Like, how did you? Maybe the better question is, how did you guys financially make this work in terms of time? Time. So, since we're already with the rep project, he had. Johnny has open space, and that's how we were able to rehearse. Shout out to, like, dreams making other dreams. Right. That's that's, and that's <laughs> one thing about the Red Project. The future is is to help artists to be able to platform themselves in some way. Because yeah. we're all a community. We're all trying to do the same thing. So yeah. why not help each other out? Yeah. So that's what's up with that. But basically what happened was, Thomas had a showing in, I believe, in December of 2018. That just recently passed. And he had something at CPR. Mm -hmm. And through our conversation, he's like, I really want to collab with you. So he already has CPR down. And I would have to say Thomas is amazing when it comes to (laughs) finding these applications and these residencies and just writing it all out because that is really him i want to tell everyone that that's really thomas he is amazing when it comes to this yeah but it was already cpr was already in the works he already had it and then judson came up too which is april 29th again what is love what love is not will be there too at judson church um but yeah, so that's how it kind of happened. It it's weird because it just f- unfolded itself. Yeah, and seems really easily too. Which going back to like what oh. letting things come to you. Yeah, it's it's something I feel like when things are going easy for you after something like the storm. Yeah, you just have to be in bliss and just keep walking with it instead of being worried like shit this is too easy oh my gosh what is gonna happen because we always do that oh my god it's too easy what's gonna happen oh no i lost my metro card everything is worse like literally no calm down calm down (laughs) fine it's fine you're just walking it (laughs) it's fine you'll find another metro card i swear (laughs) but that definitely leads me to um this next question of uh Given that you were and he was so vulnerable in this process, how did you or was it the process that kind of made it able, made you able to like hold some kind of like mental Mm. wellness, whatever that looked like? Like, what was that? That was us literally hanging out with each other outside the process, just going to a bar and having a drink and talking about other things than just love and what didn't work out i mean it can get really heavy sometimes <laughs> like come on you guys no more like ice cream and crying <laughs> and watching a rom-com but no um 
but it was just us hanging out with other people and and we really are never outside of the process because we're it's all it's, it's just it's, it's always, a main conversation at yes. parties at bars at coffee shops somehow you get on the top of like hey how's that relationship going yeah did he text you back you still on those apps yes. like you know it's always yes. in conversation so the best thing is is like we have time for ourselves yeah and then we get together and we just hang out as friends and not just as collaborators. We're yeah. just hanging out together. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Damn, so many things. I know. So many things. It and we actually have to be like really clear about time. <laughs> I've been like, y'all, I've been like listening to Adrian so mindfully, but like also like I'm gonna get in trouble if we don't be out here on time. Knock, knock, knock on that door. It's time up, time up. Yes. Um but what I love about this conversation, number one is that um, I'm actually going to, I'm hoping to use February to be the opposite of this conversation. Yes. Um, so I can also just tell you guys now. So February is the month of Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I. for those of you who don't know, I am in a relationship um, and having to navigate that space. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I know a lot of people who are in that space and they actually make their creative pursuits happen with their partner. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about other people, but I'm going to be really frank in my experience, which is can be limited. I find that dancers be out here. Mm-hmm. They're most of the dancers that I know are single yeah. and they not, they don't necessarily preach that single is better, but I find very few dancers that talk about how their relationship added to their creative process. Yeah. So what I thought could be great was have a whole ep- like a whole month of a series yeah. at have t- entitled it Power Couples. Yes. And these are couples. Uh, we're going to do some maybe like work wives, work husbands, but I really want to talk to, I got a couple of people who are married. Yeah. I got a couple of people who are dating. I got a couple of people who are dancers and non-dancers mm-hmm. alike. But I really want to talk about how when you have a passion – like dance or singing or whatever that is in some ways your first love mm-hmm. how does your second love feed that first love and yeah. vice versa without taking away from it because i can honestly say i don't think there's enough of that anywhere this I mean, is not dance is. like i think you always have those like will and jada type uh-huh. things mm-hmm. you have those like um or for like the dance world i always look to like paul and jen yeah which is kind of problematic considered that actually not a couple anymore. They're like a work couple. Um, oh. And so <laughs> um, I just really, I really, because I like you, I believe in love. I really, uh, I, I do. And I believe in the power of it. I also like agreed. made this podcast about it. So I, so, so that's what agreed. February is about. Um, I, so tell your fr- like tell your friends writing notes. <laughs> also reach out to me too if you. Kn- I obviously know a couple people, but if you know any couples that you're like, oh my gosh, I love watching them work together. I'd mm-hmm. love to see what they're like and mm-hmm. like talk more about them uh, in a maybe a bit more vulnerable space. Let me know. But I'm super interested, and so also too, guys, with this episode, like. I hope that you found something um, very tangible because I feel like I did too. It's just good to talk about. It's so great to talk, guys. That's why I have a podcast. I'm like, it's so good to To just just talk (laughs) for good, for bad, for better, for worse. Um, 
So, yes. Uh, like I said, if you want to be a part of the conversation, let me know what you're reading. Uh, Adrian is going to get what book? Oh, um, I already have Becoming. No, no, no. What book am I getting you? Oh, oh, oh. Let's see. Lord. Oh, everything's trash, but it's okay. That's Phoebe Robinson's yes. book. If you haven't read, like, Don't Touch My Hair and Other Things, yes. I think that's that the name good. of it. Also, if you haven't heard Two Dope Queens is going off air, I'm actually not, like, a huge fan of the podcast, but I just love them as a couple. I would totally love to talk to them. So, guys, yeah. if you listen to this podcast, yo, please hit us up. You already know what it is. <laughs> just do a job for you, Literally, y'all. like, their Shoulders picture moving. is on my vision board. <laughs> They're, like, just so blissfully happy. Vision and like. Board, I gotta do Yes, do a vision board. But also, um, as always, make it live, make it breathe, but just make it. Bye, guys.